0: welcome to the statesman journal's explore oregon podcast i'm your host zach Ernest, and in each episode we highlight oregon's most beautiful and interesting places this podcast is brought to you by the american forest resource council supporting responsible forestry on public lands throughout the pacific northwest learn more at amforest.org we're also supported by visit tillamook coast a land of ocean and forest just an hour from the willamette valley that this summer is stressing the importance of being a good steward on the trail, finding ways to avoid contributing to crowding, and staying safe on public lands. We'll talk about how just a little bit later in the show. Finally, the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department encourages everyone to come out and experience state parks during its centennial, the 100th anniversary of the state park system, especially through service projects listed online at state parks dot it's a way to enjoy the parks you love while doing activities like cleaning up trails and restoring wetlands all right today's episode is all about the extended heat wave hitting oregon we've got 10 awesome swimming spots to cool down and an interview that i did with oregon public broadcasting about staying safe and having fun amid these boiling temperatures but first here's some guitar music to get us rolling Alright, so as most people know at this point, there is a major heat wave descending on Oregon that's expected to last all of this week. So with that in mind, we've put together a podcast that mixes together a few different things. So first off, we're going to have an interview I did with Oregon Public Broadcasting over the weekend. This is kind of a new idea because I've done quite a few interviews with OPB over the years, usually about outdoor or environment topics that skew on the newsy side. But in this case, the interview, which aired on Weekend Edition last Saturday, was about how to safely escape the heat outdoors and just a few ideas for places to cool off. So we figured, why not just put it up on this podcast as well? So that's one new thing that we're trying. After the OPB interview, I'm going to hit you with a little bit of positive news about the status of the massive public lands closures east of Salem that have been in place since the 2020 Labor Day fires. So this impacts the Beachy Creek and Lion's Head fire scars around the Detroit, the Opal Creek, and the Mount Jefferson Wilderness areas. Finally, you'll get to meet our new outdoors intern, Skyla Patton. She just published a big list of places you can go swimming around the Willamette Valley, and so we're going to go back and forth, each picking our five favorite places to go swimming during this boiling hot weather. But we're going to start off with an OPB interview. So here I am chatting with Weekend Edition's John Notoriani.
1: So far, the Northwest has been spared from a lot of the stifling heat that's covered much of the country this summer. But next week, heads up, it's going to be hot. Beginning on Monday, we're going to be seeing temperatures peaking into triple digits across much of Oregon. And that heat, it's going to stick around pretty much all next week. You know, it's important to be careful during these types of heat waves. Keep an eye on your neighbors. Know the signs of heat stroke and know where the cooling centers are in your community. But it also might be a good time to cut out of the city for a little bit and get outdoors. Go find your local shady river. Spending time outside when it's hot does carry risks along with rewards, though. That's why Zach Ernest is here. He's the host of the Explore Oregon podcast and outdoors editor for the Statesman Journal. Zach, thanks for being here. Hey, John. Thanks for having me again. So I'm guessing a hundred degree day, it's not the best time to go and tackle like a twenty mile hike or something. What are the safest kind of outdoor activities for the weather that we've got coming up this week?
0: Well, you know, I don't mind hiking, biking, or being active as long as you're thinking about where you are and what time of day it is. So if you're hiking the forested mountains in the morning and headed to an alpine lake, you know, that can work out nicely. Or if you're headed out the Oregon coast. A lot more is possible because I'm seeing highs in the 60s and 70s, you know, compared to the hundreds uh, over where we live. So for me, it's about matching the activity with the destination based on the local weather. But overall, yeah, it's I mean, if you live in the valley, it's probably not the week for anything too strenuous, but rather, you know, swimming, floating, standing underneath the nearest waterfall.
1: Yeah, yeah. If somebody is looking to call off work and go get outside this week, what are the first things they should be thinking about?
0: You know, for me, the most important thing is picking the right place and doing your homework the day before. So, if you want to float down a river, for example, you know, do some research on the hazards you might face, the best place to put in and take out, and things like that. You know, if you want to head to a local swimming hole, read about the parking situation, what time you might want to arrive. It's all about having that solid game plan and then having some backup plans if the first one doesn't work out, which happens pretty often.
1: Yeah, and I think especially during the summer, we've all had that experience of showing up somewhere and having the parking lot being completely full. So how can someone find that perfect place to cool off but not get stuck in the crowd of everybody else trying to do the same thing?
0: You know, one thing that I have tracked for a long time over the years is when popular places start to get busy on peak days, like hot days. Meaning if you want to hit, you know, a well-known Oregon coast beach or a good swimming hole, like what time should you arrive? And the answer has been getting earlier and earlier with the outdoor boom of the last few years. And so right now, you know, this isn't scientific or anything, but it's right about 10 a.m. on the coast and probably around 1030 a.m. at swimming holes or river put-in spots. Yeah. So getting there before that time or at that time makes a huge difference for parking or just getting a good little spot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You avoid the crowds and you'll also avoid the really brutal heat of the late afternoon doing it that way. Right.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if you want to seek out some less crowded places, I'd certainly encourage that, you know, I'd get that trusty forest service map out, you know, search for those little hideaways, those day use areas, you know, maybe call the forest service ranger station to maybe you'll find that new favorite place. But again, echoing what I said earlier, Do that work the day before, not the morning you're planning to head out.
1: Well, if you are trying to get out to the water on a day like this, going to a river float does come with some risks, of course, especially when it's really, really hot out. What should people be careful about?
0: Well, first and foremost, wear a life jacket. Of course. So many fatal accidents or accidents in general are solved just with that one thing alone. Another big thing to keep in mind is river hazards. Uh, The Oregon State Marine Board has a great website that shows the location of all the major hazards like downed trees on the major rivers. So that's worth browsing before you head out. I mean, every year, 20 to 40 Oregonians die in boating accidents and often it's getting tangled up in those trees or root wads that does it. Finally, there's drinking. I mean, people are probably gonna bring cold beers with them on the river, no matter what I say. But again, if you're wearing a life jacket and you're not hammered, uh, chances of survival increase dramatically.
1: Well, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be thinking about water over the next couple days, but hot, dry weather also brings the risk of fire. Uh, Wildfire season, how bad is it looking out there this summer?
0: Well, I mean, so far we've had a very mellow start to the wildfire season, almost non-existent, but that is starting to change, and by the time we get into the teeth of this hot snap, Well, I've been told that we're going to go from below average fire danger to probably close to above average fire danger across much of Oregon, you know, by about August 1st. That means not only should people check out restrictions on campfires, but they should also get in the mindset of being just really careful with any flame to say nothing of fireworks and cigarette butts. The unusually rainy spring and early summer was great in that it held off fire season for quite a while but also brought a ton of new growth like grasses and fine fuels that are going to get really crispy over this uh, hot snap and really ramp up the fire season. So the message is, you know, don't be the one that makes it worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Zach, you are the expert in all things outdoors. If you're going to pick a couple spots that people might want to visit over the next couple days, what sort of recommendations do you have?
0: Yeah. So I've got four of them uh, for you here that are kind of covered different places. And the first one it's not super off the beaten path necessarily, but if you live in Portland, I love the idea of getting splashed in the face while rafting the upper Clackamas River. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it only recently reopened after the damage from the 2020 Riverside Fire. But because of that wet spring I mentioned, the river is about 20% higher than it normally would be at this time of year. And so the rapids are splashier and more fun. Uh, we just did a podcast about the Clackamas and you know, the lower half where people tend to tube and the upper half where there's, you know, more thrills. And, you know, I talked to a guide out there and he said, you know, they're ready. They have lots of guides. They got lots of openings. So next week, kind of a fun time for that, maybe.
1: Oh, yeah. I haven't been back out there since it's reopened, but I can't wait.
0: I mean, the river is just the same as it ever was. It's just as fun as it ever was. Well, what else? What else is on your list? Well, I wanted to inc- I mentioned, you know, how if you go out to the Oregon coast, the weather is substantially nicer, like, you know, 60s and 70s. And so one place I wanted to mention uh, that is below the radar is called Sitka Sedge State Natural Area. Hmm. It's uh, just south of Tillamook. It's a relatively new state park, but it's just a beautiful spot. It's a hike through some wetlands and then it goes out to this really secluded little beach where you can look north and see Cape Lookout, look south and see Cape Kiwanda but it's kind of nestled between those two more popular areas. Just a beautiful spot. Fun note, it was almost a golf course for many years. And instead, it got turned into this really cool state park.
1: It's always nice to impress your friends finding somewhere secluded on the near Oregon coast, too.
0: I know. You can make (laughs) it happen. It's it's hard, but it can happen. Uh, Give me one or two more. Yeah, sure. So number three, I'm going to take us to Alpine Lakes on the west side of Mount Jefferson Wilderness. So maybe 90 minutes from Salem. Now, you do need a permit for these. And you can get those at recreation.gov. But whatever you think of the permit system, it does limit the crowds and it does provide a pretty good experience. And there are permits available for next week as of this recording, um, either for a day trip or an overnight trip. There's a couple of mountain lakes that you hike through shady old growth forest to reach. And those include Pamelia Lake, Marion Lake, Duffy Lake, and Santium Lake. I can't speak to mosquito conditions right now. I've heard it's a heavy mosquito year, but these are all above 5,000 feet. You know, they're in the shade, and then you get to go bask in the cool mountain water. They're both about four to six miles, so pretty good for a day trip or an overnight trip.
1: Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. All right.
0: How about one more? All right. One more. Uh, Number four, I had trouble picking between. I wanted to pick something in the Oregon coast range, but ultimately, I wanted to get a waterfall on here. So I'm going to recommend McDowell Creek County Park, uh, which is just outside of Albany and Sweet Home. I love this area because it's very similar to Silver Falls State Park, but with just a fraction of the crowds and more laid back rules. So you can have your dog with you on the trail and you can also kind of splash around in the waterfalls and pools and stuff like that. But, you know, dense forest, waterfall, splashing around in the water. It's a very kid-friendly place. And so this is a place I bring my kids a lot on hot days. And despite people knowing about it, it's not too far from Albany. You know, I've been there on peak days. And you know, if the parking lot is half full, I'm surprised.
1: Mm, Well, I think with 100 degree temperatures in front of us splashing around in a waterfall is something a lot of people are going to be wanting to do over the next couple days. Zach, thank you so much. Can't wait to get out there myself. Thanks for all the tips.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Zach
1: Ernest is host of the Explorer Oregon podcast and the outdoors editor for the Statesman Journal. You can find more, including some tips of places you might want to check out on our website at opb.org.
0: All right, welcome back. Now, as I mentioned in that interview, unfortunately, a lot of Salem's favorite swimming holes have remained closed by impact from the Labor Day fires of 2020. And that's going to mainly refer to rivers, lakes, and creeks closed by the Beachy Creek and Lionshead fires that torched the Saniam Canyon from Mount Jefferson to Detroit all the way down to Lions and Mahama. Now, that meant... People are unable to travel to places like the swimming holes of the Little North Sanium River, of Brighton Bush, of Opal Creek, the mountain lakes above Detroit. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot of Salem's favorite places to go during the hot summer months. But the good news is that is slowly going to start to change. Now, the U.S. Forest Service said on this podcast back in April that they were going to begin reopening some of those areas. And that finally appears to be taking place. The agency told me last week that it would be the month of August. Uh, That would be the time when they would start reopening some of the roads into the burned areas, along with potentially the Opal Creek and Mount Jefferson wilderness areas. In addition, they are planning to reopen a 22-mile stretch of the Pacific Crest Trail that has been closed through the Jefferson and Olale areas. Now, I should be clear. I don't know exactly which areas will reopen, exactly when, And it sounds like access is still going to be very tricky. In some cases, it'll be non-motorized access on the roads. And I just don't know exactly how it's going to to go. I don't know if the Forest Service knows either. I know they're scrambling to try to get this this land reopened, but it's a long, difficult process. So I'll let you know as all of this finally happens, all all the details to it. But for now, just know that something is coming. It's just not clear exactly what. So that's what I've got for now on a question I know is front of mind for everybody that loves the outdoors in Oregon, but particularly in Salem, Eugene, hasn't been able to get to these places. That said, I would mention that if you want to get a visualization of the impact of the fires, there's a trail that just opened up and it shows the most stunning views yet of the Beachy Creek and Lion's Head fire scars. Uh, The trail in question is called Rocky Top Trail, and it's just outside the Niagara area just before you reach Detroit just off highway 22. It's actually on Santium State Forest land and that's why it's it's open before this Forest Service land. It's just the view at the top offers a window into the massive sea of forest that was basically incinerated by these fires. It shows the areas that burned hottest. Now this is a totally wide open hike with no shade because you're hiking through a burned area so unless you're going to go super early in the morning I wouldn't recommend it this week but it's a really eye-opening place it's a great place to get a a feel for the scale of these fires that you really can't get from on the ground because when you're just driving through highway 22 you can see the impact you can see something happen but when you're up high looking over the area that burned hottest you really get a feel for the size and scale and impact of the labor day fires and beachy creek and lion's head in particular the last thing I'd add about this hike definitely worth checking out I wouldn't do it in a low clearance Prius for example it's a pretty rough road towards the top so a higher clearance vehicle like an SUV a truck or even a Subaru should be okay all right so we're going to take a moment to hear from our sponsors when we return our outdoors intern Skyla Patton and I are going to talk about our favorite places to sneak out and swim during this hot snap so that's when we return (music) I'm Andy Geisler. I'm a forester at the American Forest Resource Council, and we're proud to sponsor the Explore Oregon podcast. Like you, I love the outdoors. On many days, the forest is my office. I work on the ground with public lands agencies on good forest management projects. Forest management helps achieve important conservation goals while providing sustainable timber. Science-based forestry helps improve wildlife habitat, outdoor recreation, clean air and water. And it's essential to providing renewable, climate-friendly wood products. Learn more about us at amforest.org. This message is brought to you by Visit Tillamook Coast. So the trails of the Oregon coast and the Tillamook Coast are popular for good reason. They offer everything from panoramic ocean views to stands of venerable old-growth trees. need to get outside and experience these places stronger now than ever you'll find their parking lots and trails are also often full with a little pre-planning you can avoid the crowds and discover some new favorite trails visit our trails and recreation map online at tillamookcoast.com you can choose from a wide variety of lesser known trails not only will you be opening yourself up to new discovery which will be helping to ease the wear and tear on many of our most crowded spots. So once again, check out TillamookCoast.com to get started with your less traveled adventure. All right, welcome back. Well, first off, before we get rolling and talking about swimming spots, I first want to introduce our new outdoors intern, Skyla Patton. She's a recent graduate of the University of Oregon and grew up in the Cave Junction area down in the Illinois Valley of Southwest Oregon. So we're going to talk about all things swimming holes, but Skyla, what's your connection to the outdoors? What made you interested in this gig for the summer?
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, Zach. Uh, I'm really stoked to be here on the podcast and also stoked to be with the Statesman for the summer. Uh, As somebody who grew up, pretty much in the outdoors, you know, hiking, swimming, camping, year round, no matter the weather, with family and friends, I feel like I was able to form a really intimate relationship with some of Oregon's most natural spaces, and that kind of attachment and love just never really went away. I am definitely at my happiest when I'm outside, and I realized probably midway through my master's degree that I could combine that passion for journalism and storytelling with my knack for spending out time outside. Uh, and I was totally sold on that. Now that I have gotten a taste for getting paid to go outside, I'm not <laughs> sure I'll ever go back.
0: <laughs> it's pretty tough to go back from from that. It is, it is 100% accurate. Now, Skyla just published a story that is all about swimming holes on statesmanjournal.com. So it's pretty easy to find if you go onto the website right now. But we're going to highlight some of the places on that list by bouncing back and forth between each picking five of our favorite swimming spots. I'm going to pick a grab bag of spots between Portland and Salem, roughly, while Skyla, as our Eugene Outdoors correspondent, will focus on places closer to Tracktown USA. We are not going to get super cute with how we pick these places other than just you need to be able to swim. You can't just wade or splash. You need to actually immerse yourself completely in the water. So that is the only criteria we have. Based on that, Skyla, why don't you get us started? What you got?
2: So when I want to get full body in the water, complete cool down, but I don't have the time or gas money to make it very far out of Eugene, I take everybody to Hayden Bridge. Hayden Bridge is right on the edge of Springfield, and it really is such a rad swimming hole that kind of has that hidden in plain sight feel to it. You drive right over the top. Um, If you didn't know to look for it, I can't imagine you would really know it was there, But it's super deep. The water is beautiful. Half the time we go, there is never another person there. So it feels really intimate, even though you're right under traffic. Uh, The swimming hole itself is great because it's super, super deep and it is the Mackenzie River. So that water really wakes you up when you get in it pretty much all summer long. Uh, People do jump off the bridge, but I personally am not much of a daredevil. So I opt for the safer like two to three foot jump from the shoreline. (laughs) Um, But it's really great for families. It's great for people who do want to take that big leaf off the bridge. This is also, I'll mention, where we put in for one of our favorite, what I like to call, amateur hour floats. I'm talking inner tubes. You're losing your hat. You're losing your beer. Uh, we put in at Hayden Bridge and we get out at Armitage Park. It's probably solid two hours on the water. You aren't really in a rush. It's super clean, and there's most likely going to be other people doing that float. So that's why I call it amateur hour because you kind of have that reassurance of you're not going to be by yourself out on any white water.
0: <laughs> All right. And so to find this Hayden Bridge spot, do you just like if you threw? Hayden Bridge into Google. Could you navigate to it and then find a good parking spot? or how what's the parking situation?
2: Yeah, like? the parking situation is a little tricky because you're essentially looking for that public unmarked parking. If you plug in Hayden Bridge to your phone, it's going to take you right there. There's only one. There's no other place for the GPS to lead you astray. Um, There's a little hilltop market that's right across the street. That's how you know you're there outside of the fact that there is a massive wrought iron bridge across the river. That's really the big telltale um so i would advise to the people who are going and parking the one thing you really want to look out for the parking where you're not supposed to be is very clearly marked so look for those please don't park your signs most often it's going to be in those designated spaces by that hilltop market
0: all right well i'm going to pick us up and my first spot that i'm going to mention you know in the opb interview i mentioned getting splashed in the face in the upper clackamas river and You know, that's a cool place to go, especially if you haven't been back to the area that was closed by the Riverside Fire that has reopened and just falling back in love with the upper Clackamas, which has, you know, arguably probably the best whitewater rapids in the Portland area for sure, if not Oregon overall. So that was the one to mention there. But for my first pick here for just swimming spot, I'm going to go to the lower river and the lower half of the river is downstream of Estacada so we think of below Estacada in particular i'm going to reference barton park uh bonnie lure Re- state recreation area and the gem of the mall is milo mccarver state park these are very popular places so get out there early but the lower clackamas it's beautiful and green it has water that's a great temperature for swimming and if you can score a camping spot at milo i would do it now this is a very popular area for tubing um, so if you're interested in that, you can listen to our recent podcast specifically about the Clackamas and get a lot more detail on how to get it done, the, the, the different floats to do that potential hazards and stuff like that. Uh, so, so listen to that for a little bit more detail, but head out there if you just want to get, you know, find a spot on the river and swim. It's, it's a really good place to do it. If all else fails and you can't find anything, you know, you could head up to Estacada Lake, which is the quieter of the two reservoirs on the Clackamas. And so that's my first spot. So I'll, uh, Skyla, number two, what you got?
2: My second pick is going to be a little bit further out than the first one, about 20 minutes outside of Cottage Grove, south of Eugene. But it's so gorgeous. It's totally worth the drive. Sticking with that cold water theme from the Mackenzie River on really, really hot days, we head out to Bryce Creek. Uh, The water year round has that kind of teal glacial tinge to it that makes you want to stick your feet in it, but you know it's going to hurt a little bit. Uh, because it's in a bit of a canyon Bryce Creek is also one of my favorites for summer hiking you're in the shade most of the time and then no matter how hot you do get there's always going to be a body of water around for you to cool off in and I am talking full immersion. There's lots of really deep pools. When it comes to swimming, cliff jumping is a really, really big thing at Bryce Creek. Uh, Most of the water is lined with these really big bedrock walls uh, with a ton of different heights to choose from. So it's really accessible either for big groups that need a lot of space to spread out or maybe you have some different levels of swimming skill with you. It's going to be accessible for all of those different kinds of people. It's also very satisfying for folks who like to chase waterfalls. They're everywhere in this area, big and small, and most of them do have a pretty impressively deep pool at the bottom that you can actually kind of dip into, so you get that really satisfying cold fern gully moment.
0: Well, you know, that sounds a lot like the place that I'm missing most right now, which is the Little North Sanium River. Now, on the Little North, there's a whole bunch of different ways to actually access it. There's, you know previously I'm talking about. There was, you know, day-use sites where you could just walk down and swim. There was trails. You could hike along at swimming holes. What's the situation at Bryce Creek? Is it the same? Is there an obvious place everyone goes to park and then disperses out? How does how does it kind of work access-wise?
2: Yeah, Bryce Creek has the luxury of being really, really spread out. Um, from the moment that you actually enter this area and you're on the scenic drive of Bryce Creek, you're probably going to have anywhere from 8 to 10 miles of creek driving where there are pull- There are designated hiking trails. There's got to be three or four different full-sized gravel parking lots for people who want more of a designated experience. I'd say probably the most popular place in Bryce Creek is the Bryce Creek Falls, which you park at the very first designated parking spot. It's going to be on your left, maybe probably three quarters of a mile in on the road and you'd park there you cross this big beautiful bridge across the creek and there's a really really nice pool at the bottom of Bryce Creek Waterfall that's great for floating cliff jumping I've even seen people with snorkels on check it out what's at the bottom
0: yeah no that's that sounds great that sounds a lot like the little North Sanium River because that's one of the places where I would do this kind of like wilderness snorkeling thing where there's deep pools you could put on your your goggles and really see underwater Mm -hmm. Because um, it was, it's so clear. So, would you navigate to Bryce Creek Falls? Like, if you just, if I wanted to throw it in my phone and get out there quickly like would that bring me to the spot
2: yeah absolutely I'm a really big believer in kind of accessibility when it comes to these places so I'm never going to lead people into a place where you're kind of fighting with your GPS to figure out where you're going you could plug in Bryce Creek you could also plug in Bryce Creek Trailhead or Bryce Creek Falls and all of those places are going to take you right where you want to go
0: well that sounds pretty good I haven't been out there gonna have to do it so my second pick I am going to go down south a little ways from the clackamas down to you know my stomping grounds a little bit which is outside of salem and i'm gonna pick north Santiam state park and so one of my favorites uh rafting trips during the summer is going from is on the north Santiam, and it's going from fisherman's bend to the mahama boat ramp um it's a it's a fun pretty family friendly run with class 2 and class 3 rapids but not everybody's up for something like that so if you just want to get a really nice taste of the North Sanium River and you kind of just want to hang out in one place North Sanium State Park is a great place to go you can enjoy the best some of the best swimming and scenery on that run that I talked about just by heading down to the state park that's about uh, 20 minutes east of Salem off Highway 22 so some of the park does remain closed from the Labor Day fires that blew through here, but there's this this really nice grassy picnic area that is along a mellow stretch of the North Sania, and so kids can wade out into the into the river. Um, older kids can kind of swim out to these giant boulders, pretend to be mermaids. You know, dad can go fishing for spring chinook right there. So you can do a lot of things right there. It gets moderately popular, uh, but it's not it's not slammed. I wouldn't say. So to get out there, you just follow uh, Highway 22 from Salem. There's a little sign pointing to North Santiam State Park. You can navigate to that point. It'll take you down to a parking lot and then it's a little walk to this grassy spot along the river. There are other places you could explore in the North Sandium but that's the one that I'm, I'm going to go with for the best swimming spot. If you want to find the best floats, I would say you would go from Staten Boat Ramp. So that's in the city of Staten. There's a obvious boat ramp right in town and then you'd float down to Buell Miller boat ramp which is about outside Sayo. don't go any farther downstream because there's some hazards for sure but that stretch is quite pleasant uh it's clear right now so for the North Sanium those are my picks the state park and then the float from Staten to Buell Miller all right Skyla you're up next what you got
2: in the spirit of favorites my next recommendation has got to be my most visited spot Fall Creek This is a great spot for instant gratification swimming and is only about a 40 minute drive from Eugene to get to some of the furthest holes way up on the creek. And what I mean by instant gratification swimming is kind of going back to those really, really cold spots. Fall Creek is somewhere where no matter how hot it is and arguably no matter how not hot it is, you could go out here, stick your feet in, dive all the way in, get on an inner tube, and you're still going to have a really good time. The water is refreshing. The water's clean. It's just a great spot for families and people with big groups. No matter how late in the day you get out there, you're still going to be able to find a pull off and be in the water and like five minutes flat. And I really appreciate that on hot days, especially when I don't wake up, you know, bright and early. This is another spot that has tons of bedrock and really, really smooth places to lay out and be comfortable. My personal favorite thing to do is try to find that perfect kind of carved out pool in the bedrock that just fits right like a jacuzzi, and that's usually where I stay for the day. The one thing that I will say about Fall Creek, as somebody who is intensely prone to sunburns, like we've mentioned before in some of those fire-burned areas, Fall Creek is super, super exposed. There's a big fire scar there from a couple years ago. There's almost no tree cover. You're going to be at the mercy of the sun the whole time, um, which does have that great advantage of warming up the water, but definitely don't forget your sunscreen if that's something that you're passionate about.
0: Yeah, I'm curious about Fall Creek because I remember I remember that fire for sure, and there's actually been a couple of fires up there. Um, how does it look like? Is it does it feel very fire scarish, or is it a mixture, or what is it like? Or does it change from place to place as you kind of drive up the that road that hits the different parts of Fall Creek?
2: Yeah, the landscape changes a lot as you go. You spend the first half of the drive actually in this really, really lush green tree cover where if you weren't aware, you'd have no idea that you were about to enter kind of a fire zone. Um, And then at one point, you quite literally burst out of the greenery into the fire scar. And it's way brighter. All of the trees are naked, as I describe them. There's no greenery on anything. So yeah, Fall Creek definitely has been changed by the fires over the last couple of years. But it definitely doesn't feel, you know, barren. It's a really nice space to spend time in still. And something that I enjoy is just kind of watching the greenery and the life come back over the years. And there's tons of wildflowers, great little trails. Uh, It's a really nice space regardless
0: yeah the fall creek area is is great and i remember i remember as they were working on fixing that area up and getting it ready to reopen i guess i think it's been open for for a couple years Mm -hmm. now or most of it so all right well you know you mentioned that fall creek is a pretty visited place but i'm gonna i'm gonna pick one of the most popular places to go swimming on hot days and that is just a super obvious pick in detroit lake This is nothing like the little hidden swimming holes that we've been talking about so far. This is the Big Kahuna, which has plenty of place to park. You know, you could sleep in super late and make it out there. You're still going to find a place to go swimming because Detroit Lake is made to absorb thousands of people. So there's the obvious place, and that is Mongold Boat Ramp and swimming area. It's right off Highway 22. It's super simple. You drive down there. I think you got to pay five bucks or something like that, but there's you know, a rocky beach, there's like a, a roped off like swimming area in, in the reservoir, you can take like an inflatable boat and like boat all the way out to uh, well, as far as you want to go out to P- Piety Island if you want to. So that's fun. Uh, that area is pretty crowded, though. So if you want to get on the, the quieter side, you can drive around to the south side of it. And by doing that, what you do there is you drive all the way up Detroit Lake and you hang a right and you're going to go to places like Hoover. Cove Creek and South Shore and they have you know they're a little bit more forested they're a little more interesting places to get into the water there's like little boat ramp beaches and kind of random spots to to access Detroit Lake but because it's lakeshore there's there's plenty of spaces to go I love to bring like a little stand-up paddle board, maybe an inflatable kayak and you can explore some of these cool little cove inlets that motorboats typically don't go And there's more to Detroit Lake on that side than than meets the eye. It's a little bit more of an adventure. It's still not like, you know, these hidden swimming holes or anything like that, but it's still a a good experience. So, yeah, why don't uh, don't you keep us rolling?
2: I'm so excited to bust out my kayaks this summer. I just have to say, you just mentioned it for Detroit Lake, and I'll have to bring them up there and test it out because they're itching to get in the water. For my fourth pick, speaking of lakes since you brought it up, um, I've got to go with Odell. Odell Lake I think is the furthest that I usually venture for a day trip when it comes to a swimming hole search. It clocks in at about an hour 20 from downtown Eugene, but we do usually try to score a campsite on any of the couple different sites around the lake as well, so that overnight trip really helps stretch it out. My personal go-to for this fishing lake is usually to post up on a floaty by the docks. You get to kind of enjoy the wakes from the speed boats and the fishing boats as they come in. And I really like watching the fishermen bring their hauls back in over the day. Uh, It's nice to just kind of watch things flow and have a really, really mellow time out on the lake. If you're someone who's interested in a little bit more excitement, there are two different resorts on both sides of Odell. So if you're snacky, if you forgot your fishing supplies, maybe you want to rent a boat, Anything supplies you need at all, really. Either resort is going to have you covered and then some, which is really convenient. It's overall just a really, really nice space to either go camping for a weekend or get up early in the morning, blow up those inner tubes, and just kind of spend a day anchoring by the dock somewhere.
0: Yeah, you know, I liked how you mentioned the, the resorts up there that that can help you out. I should mention, you know, Detroit being a full service town, like the, the town was heavily impacted by the fires. It's in much better shape now. So it has it's it's set up for people. There's grocery. The grocery stores are there. There's food carts and stuff like that. Now at Odell, I'm curious because you know it's those lakes of the Willamette Pass that that are so nice. How are the mosquitoes up there typically? Because the at the friend at the companion more famous Waldo Lake up the way, that area is obviously beautiful, but boy, it can have some pretty rough mosquitoes um, during July. So how how are the mosquitoes? Um, at Odell this time of year. Yeah,
2: I am somebody who just feels like they are always targeting me, so I'm a good person to ask. You know, I have gotten really lucky the couple of times that I've been at Odell. For example, I was just actually there maybe two weeks ago now, and it was not bad. I'm not sure if they just haven't hatched yet or if I just got lucky. I am always armed with DEET, which always helps. Um, But I will say I have spent some time at Odell later in the summer, and not only does it tend to struggle with mosquitoes, but it is also a lake that tends to suffer from those toxic algae blooms. Um, I mentioned a little bit about that on the very tail end of the written version of the story if people are curious about how to identify that it's super yucky it can make you your family your kids and especially your dogs really really sick and odell does tend to suffer from that uh towards the end of the summer so this would be a really really good spot to head to sooner rather than later to avoid both the mosquitoes and the algae
0: yeah no that, that that's a great point and there are you know the state has they'll issue uh water quality advisories uh for blue blue green mm-hmm. algae out there and so it's it's worth checking that out uh in advance you i feel like you can normally visualize it when you see it and so just stay mm-hmm. away from it but it's 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 something to to keep in mind for sure um all right so i'm going to jump into my fourth pick and i'm heading out the South Santiam River corridor which is just east of Sweet Home Now, if, like me, you've really been missing those glorious emerald pools of Opal Creek and the little North Sanium, I'd say that the South Sanium is your best substitute. The water is very cool and refreshing. It's surrounded by dense, shady forest. Where exactly to go kind of depends on what experience you're looking for. So you can kind of start in order. These are all along Highway 20, heading up towards Tombstone Pass outside of Sweet Home. So starting in order, the ones closest to Sweet Home are, you go past Foster Reservoir, and then the first one is Riverbend County Park. And that's probably the, the most family accessible. Uh, it's a little more wide open. The water's a little warmer. And then you kind of head up to Cascadia State Park and it gets lusher and the water's a little cooler. And then as you head upstream, it gets more scenic and the water gets cooler <laughs> um, and, and more forested. And there's a trio of Forest Service spots that include um, Trout Creek, House Rock, and Ukiah. And all the places that I mentioned are also campgrounds, and so that's one thing that you could consider for sure. It's great. these are great camping spots as well, but there's a whole bunch of them all along the north, the all along the South Saniam River, and you know definitely definitely worth hitting, especially if you're missing that shaded emerald swimming hole feel. All right, so Skylar, we're coming to the home stretch. I think, what is your final swimming spot pick?
2: So in the spirit of the heat wave and really just trying to channel some places where people are going to be able to cool themselves down, my last pick has got to be Salmon Creek Falls. This is a very tale esque spot. It's a little bit closer than Odell. It's just outside of Oak Ridge, probably about a 20-minute drive because it's gravel and you want to go slow because it's nice. You will have to vie for a parking spot on hot days at Salmon Creek Falls. Salmon, <clears throat> You will have to vie for a parking spot on hot days at Salmon Creek Falls because it's not a huge area. It's a designated campground that are first come, first serve. And then this rest of the public parking space by the bathroom is super limited. So you'll want to get there early if you want to be there all day long, which is what we try to do anyway. So we can bake for a few hours before attempting to get in the water, which... Full disclosure, is very refreshing, but absolutely freezing. I feel reborn every single time I fully submerge in Salmon Creek Falls. It's gorgeous. It's super satisfying. You'll enjoy it even if you're not swimming the whole time. It's a great place to read a book, maybe go on a walk, enjoy some waterfalls. A perfect place for exploring, getting your feet wet, or jumping into the full service pool below the main waterfall. The last little plug that I have to do both for Salmon Creek and Odell is to shop local, stop in at Stewart's Drive-In in in Oak Ridge. It's an amazing little spot, locally owned and operated, best milkshake ever, and their french fries are amazing, even on a hot day.
0: Yeah, that sounds like the end to a really, really good day, Um, (laughs) stopping there. All right, so I'm going to round us out here with... A pick that is very close to home. And what else? It is the Willamette River. Now, it's not going to offer you the same pristine experience of a lot of the places that we've talked about here. But look, I will stand on a mountain and I will defend the honor of the Willamette. The river consistently rates as much cleaner than other super urban waterways across the United States, and it's closer to more people than anywhere else in Oregon. So every town from Eugene to Corvallis to Albany to Salem up into Portland has a great spot to access the Willamette and get some swimming in. I guess I'll mention a few of my favorite little spots in in the Salem area. Um, If you want to do a really mellow and chill float, Uh, I like going from the City of Independence boat ramp down to Emil Mark's Lloyd Fishing Hole, sometimes called the Social Security Hole. It's just a little, you know, parking spot um, along along the river. And that way you don't have to float all the way to Salem, which if you float all the way from Independence to Salem, you are going to get horribly sunburned and be super bored by the end of it. So cut that off a little bit quicker. Um, It's great from Independence down for a little ways. Um, if you're just looking for a sweet little swimming spot, I always like the greenways um, on the West Salem side. So you just keep going on the highway north of West Salem, if that makes sense. And there's little spots called Darrow, Grand Island, and Spring Valley. And these are all nice and secluded, like old growth forests, beautiful spots where you can jump into the the um, Willamette River. And it's pretty mellow current and a pretty friendly place to be. So The Willamette River, it may have a reputation, but I've swam in it a million times, always had a great time, and so I feel confident in recommending the Willamette. It's okay. All right. Well, hopefully everyone found a way to stay cool here. Uh, Remember to check out Skyla's even longer list of places to swim on a hot day in Salem. Skyla, anything you want to add on either these places or just swimming in general?
2: You know, it was really tough to pick just five. I would really encourage everybody to kind of check out that longer list and not hesitate to go find somewhere new. You know, there's nothing better than finding a great swimming hole and diving in. So I hope everybody stays safe and stays cool and enjoys the water as much as i hope i get to all
0: right well that's about all the time we have left in today's show if you like what you've heard check out our catalog of more than 60 episodes featuring oregon's most beautiful and interesting places at statesmanjournal.com slash explore along with apple Podcasts, google play stitcher and spotify we'd once again like to thank our sponsors beginning with the american forest resources council AFRC supports responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest. For our environment, for our economy, and for the future, learn more at amforests.org. We'd also like to thank Visit Tillamook Coast. If you want to plan a trip out there, you can check out their outdoor recreation map that shows all the places to hike, swim, boat, and camp. You can find that map at tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. Once again, that's tillamookcoast.com dot com slash recreation hyphen map and thanks to the oregon parks and recreation department which stresses the importance of recreating responsibly and leaving no trace in oregon's outdoors thanks for listening and we hope you'll join us next time for the next edition of the explore oregon podcast